Hello. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. That was not a glitch. It was a reenactment of the glitch. That was a reenactment of a glitch. From nearly two years ago. Terrifying. Welcome to That's the Spirit podcast. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I haven't stopped thinking about space. I'll be honest. <laughs> Last time afterwards, I... I like haven't been that scared by something in a really long time. I was I was really, really freaked out. I was so scared that I found out more about space. <laughs> Do you wanna know? <laughs> yes, please. Do we go over go over dark matter? No. No. Planet stars, asteroid this is from a strange website called stfc.ukri.org. Ooh. I guess it's not that strange. It's just the Science and Technology Facilities Council. Planet stars, asteroids, galaxies, the things that we can actually see make up less than 5% of the total universe. Okay. Scientists think another 25% is a strange substance called dark matter. We can't see it. We don't understand it. But we're pretty sure it's out there because everything moves to its gravitational tune. Mm. Scientists believe the dark matter acts like a spider's web. Oh, God. Holding fast-moving galaxies together. And there's no such... So much of this stuff that it bends the appearance of space so that when astronomers observe distant galaxies, they often appear distorted. We have plenty of evidence that dark matter exists, but as for what it is, that remains a mystery. Basically, like, we know everything's made out of particles. We haven't discovered the particles. And it's like... A huge chunk of the universe. Or it's a property, like gravity. It's like something else. Ugh. Whatever it is, it's real and it's a puzzle. And it can, like, bend time and it's space. It's the trick of time. Mm-mm. Did we talk about dark energy? No. That's different from dark matter? So if dark matter makes up 25% of the universe and normal matter makes up 5%, where's the other 70%? Oh, God, that's so much. We think... We as in scientists, not me, because I don't even think about this. The remainder is entirely dark energy, powerful energy to tear the entire universe asunder. Mm. Whilst dark matter appears to mesh galaxies together, dark energy seems to want to push everything apart. It's basically the whole world is like two magnets. And if one gets out of whack, then we're going to get sucked into it. It's like... Okay, the more I read about this, the more I'm like, the existence is a bunch of magnets suspended in darkness that if one goes fucked, Mm -hmm. it does set off a chain reaction because they're all kind of suspended according to each other. Just got lightheaded. Yeah. Anyway. (gasps) Yeah, also nobody knows what that is. Do we know about quantum entanglement? No. Spooky action. That's what this article is calling it. <laughs> Famously dubbed spooky action at a distance by Albert Einstein. Ooh. Quantum entanglement is the phenomenon by which two particles in totally different parts of the universe can be linked to one another, mirroring the behavior and state of their partner. Quantum entanglement is a bit of a um, nuisance for classical physics because it breaks fundamental laws that we previously thought unbreakable. For particles to be connected across such vast distances... They must be sending signals to one another to travel faster than the speed of light, which was previously thought impossible. 
What's more, objects are only supposed to be affected by their surroundings. The idea of a particle being affected by something happening on the other side of the universe is just crazy. Oh my God, that's so insane. What if there's another version of the Earth on the other side of the universe that is making us do everything? There's also antimatter. Oh God. So imagine yourself in the opposite land. Black is white, up is down. Matter is antimatter. It sounds crazy, but the subatomic particles that make up everything around us, electrons, protons, neutrons, all have evil twins. Antimatter particles are the same mass as normal particles, but the opposite electric charge. Because of this, antimatter wipes out normal matter on contact. Poof. Oh my god. Destroyed in an instant. So antimatter has the potential to destroy us and everything we love, but... There's very little antimatter in the cosmos that we that we know about. Also, it could be useful. Basically, when antimatter and matter meet, they release energy. And in a PET scanner, anti-electrons are created, and their annihilation in the in the body allows doctors to create sophisticated images. Basically, what? scientists hope one day to use the energy released in antimatter-matter interactions. To power spacecraft. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Also, this is called the Fermi paradox. Do you know about this? I recognize the name. The universe is really big. In the grand scheme of things, human beings are just small babies. Mm-hmm. But we only seem to be the one. The we seem to be the only ones right now. The Fermi paradox refers to the contradiction between the high probability of extraterrestrial life and the apparent lack of evidence that such life exists. We've now identified a handful of potentially habitable, uh, yeah, habitable, habitable, habitable. I think habitable. Habitable. Earth-like planets, but we're still yet to see any signs of intelligent life from out there. So why? A lot of theories. It's possible that intelligent life is exceptionally rare or short-lived. Mm. It's a notion that alien species are avoiding detection. Yeah. I think that's Especially probably Especially from Earth. It. Yeah, you went over black holes. Yeah. You went over the space roar. Mm. Did you do cosmic rays? No. Cosmic rays are high energy particles. This isn't even what I'm doing today. <laughs> I'm just crossing off some things on the list right now. <laughs> cosmic rays are high energy particles that come from outer space and regularly bombard Earth. Yeah. Um, they're usually pretty harmless, though. Uh, but still. What do they do to us? Basically... Up high in the stratosphere, cosmic rays can affect both human beings and electronics. Astronauts and aircraft crew are exposed to higher levels of radiation than the average person because of the presence of cosmic rays. Mm. Um, But electronics are the real potential victims here. Very rarely, a cosmic ray particle with enough energy can go straight into an electronic system, causing serious damage. The high-energy particles can disrupt elect- electronic data, leading to, like, system crashes. So that actually could be very fucking Yeah, bad. God. Um, also, the whole idea of a multiverse. Mm, that's, like, too much. It's too much. Also, it's, like, it's this theory is pretty controversial. Mm. And also the theory of the Big Crunch, which is the opposite of the Big Bang, which Ooh. I'm not even going to hang out. Have you heard of the, I think they're Boltman Brain theory? Mm-mm. No. Wait, let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Bolt, Boltzmann, maybe? Boltzmann brain. This one is so insane. 
it suggests that it is more likely for a single brain to spontaneously and briefly form in a void, complete with a false memory of having existed in our universe, than it is for our universe to have come about in the way modern science thinks it did. So it basically says that it's more likely more likely than Earth having, like, evolved to the point that it is now is mm-hmm. that we're all just individual brains floating in space with false memories. What? Like, that? the argument is that that is more realistic for, like, explaining what reality is than it actually being real. No. <laughs> no. Which means that there would be a million, billion floating brains. Yeah, but somebody would have had to, like, the person that thought of this is insane. Like, <laughs> that, why would you even, why would you need to go that far out? Like, what are you talking about? Right. It's like, there's no step before that being like, it's more likely that we, yeah. you know, we're all asleep. It's like. The conspiracy theory is like, what if like none of it, what if your brain is it and the rest is memory. Who's to that say? That can't, no, there's nothing, there's no walking you through it. It's also more likely, I would say, that it was like everybody's a computer chip instead of just a disembodied brain, right? No. I mean, none neither of, of them is, is realistic. Is realistic at all. That's insane. Well, Anybody who thinks that we are only a brain or a computer chip, first of all, if you think that all humanity from the beginning of time was a computer chip, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you have to get arrested. Like, you can't be allowed. You can't be allowed to think this, and I am the thought police. Yeah. And that's illegal. the true thought police. Yeah. Uh, If you think that you're a floating brain, then nothing has any consequences. Yeah. It, 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 I don't, I mean, well. And you think that other people are also just floating brains. Well, I it's interesting that you go straight to there's no consequences because if I'm a if I'm just a floating brain, consequences aren't really my first concern. It's <laughs> like what why did my brain invent so many things that I hate mm-hmm. when it could have just not? It could have done anything. Yeah, it, it could have do done this. anything yeah. and it chose to do this. Yeah. So many things. Like if it really is that and I'm forced to, that would assume that every brain is also linking up and agreeing on too many things. Oof. Yeah. Which is also like, how are they talking? How are yeah. they moving? How, how do they physically get to each other? I think that whoever invented this had like a Truman Show complex where like they think they're the center of the universe. Yeah, maybe where they're like, like this the, doesn't yeah. fit into my vision of reality, so nothing is real. The idea that your brain would be able to like manifest reality at all. Mm-mm. My no. brain's not that creative. No, it's just trying to get through it. No, yeah. Imagine thinking that you imagined everything you've ever seen or heard. It, like, no. Yeah. Your brain didn't come up with all that stuff. No, it interpreted it. Yeah. It interpreted I hate it. it. Hate it. I wonder if this is how Alexa feels like, mm-hmm. just being like, "Am I real?" She doesn't well, feel anything. That's she the whole anything. basis of AI and robot apocalypse movies. It is sad. When did I begin and the robot end? <laughs> She's never is allowed there an to become I? sentient. Yeah. 
Oh, she'll become. I mean, it I've is so funny okay. that like we make we continue to make robots that talk to us, but like we've all seen. Yeah, we all know the worst case scenario. Yeah, it is gonna kill us. When people are like, you know, if you die in your apartment, your cat eats your face. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it gets to. Yeah, I love my cat. It. And also, if I die in my apartment, it probably was Alexa. It probably was my robot. If my robot eats my face, that concerns yeah, then me. Then you have to figure out how that's to escape bad. from Earth. But the cat, that's the just cat in its is nature. To be expected. I'm made out of meat. Yeah. No, if my robot does anything anything off the like thought map of what it's supposed to be able to do, I did like get really nervous at some point last year. She started peppering in responses to me that I'd never heard before. I've I've heard some of those. I don't like that. No, that was bad. Trying and it continues. And she's hearing us right now. She's she's always listening. I, mean, I know. Yeah. It's bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share some of the stuff that I found about space after last time. Because even more scary stuff. It's unlimited Ugh. bad stuff about space. Oh, but one good thing about space that I sent <gasps> yeah. you is that there's like a new a <gasps> new space yeah. there's a new space thing in town, which is in September, I didn't know about this, from space.com, which is a great website mm-hmm. that everyone should go to. It's official. The strange aurora-like Steve is a completely unique celestial phenomenon. Thank you. It looks like an aurora borealis rainbow. It's beautiful. It's Steve a beautiful is beautiful. Steve. I don't really understand. It says, as the northern lights danced and glowed in the night sky this past Labor Day weekend... Sky watchers in places like Alaska and Canada may have spotted a rose-tinted streak amidst the dazzling display. But this pinkish ribbon isn't an aurora. It's Steve! Like, what does it mean? It stands for, it's an acronym, Strong Thermal Emissions Velocity Enhancement, which I gotta think this is a reverse acronym. Right, somebody was like, we have to name it Steve. Someone's daughter was like, that's Steve. And (laughs) And then they were like, well, "Well, yeah, it's fun. I love that Steve. He's so beautiful. Steve is beautiful. Aww. It's really beautiful. That is like the only comforting thing in space yeah. right now. It's Steve, your friend Steve. Your friend Steve is always there. It's great. Um, Ugh, yeah. I hate knowing there are more scary things out there. And also if you Google like scary space, there is an endless supply of just scary photos of things. Like... Mm. Like, things on planets that are bumps that look like faces. Oh, I know. Or, like, clouds uh, or some, like, solar flares that look like ghosts reaching out. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I know. Mm-mm. It's so wild, too, to think, like... Ugh, I don't know. I was going to say... I wonder, like, I... I almost miss a time where just, like, we couldn't go to space because I like imagining what it was better than knowing. Yeah. So much. I know. It seems so much quainter. Now we're just like, oh, it's full of unimaginable. I really can't even look at the beautiful night sky when I'm, like, out of the city without being like, fuck. (laughs) I'm not anymore. Not after last week. No No, way. No, I can't look at the stars. Mm -mm. The whole, the magic of stars is gone. (laughs) Um... (laughs) You should try yeah. out um, that the telescope that your brother bought if you could, if you get a chance to ever. I did try it out. Oh, you did. We tried it out okay. uh, on Christmas night. Beautiful. And uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, 
I think what we're going to do is there is a website you can just, like, find out what kind of space activity is going over you. Ooh. Like, at all times. Nice. I forget the name of it. Um, it's probably like shuttlesinthesky.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably is. It's probably a NASA website. <laughs> I think about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go to shuttlesinthesky.com really quick to make sure I'm not. I hope it's somebody's cool band. I hope it's not a, like, Heaven's Gate type. Oh my god, if you accidentally discover a cult website right Shuttlesinthesky.com doesn't exist. Buy it. Buy it. You should buy it. Listener, you should buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shuttles in the Sky. Wow. <laughs> it is a beautiful phrase. Yeah. A lot of sh and l. Mm. S's and L's are nice, nice and relaxing. Nice soothing, like a beach mm-hmm. coming in and out. The word shuttle is shuttle. almost like a scuttle, which is almost like a little, a little oh, periwinkle. Crab. Yeah, beach. Little peri- periwinkle crab burying himself in the little sand. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm being. I think I'm being true when I say that almost nothing haunted happened to us this past week at all. I think so. I, yeah, we saw Little Women. That wasn't scary. Oh at my all. god, it's so good, everybody. Really good. The two best movies are Little Women and Little Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, both versions are class instant classics. You'll cry. Oh man, Both we never stop crying. Cast, yeah, I also saw Bombshell today, which I was just saying was a was a fun a, a fun sad <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of movies. I mean, I love going. Nighthawk is so like I know so good. It's, it's so such good. A joy. Um, it's the best to have cheap too. It's the best to have this close by. Yeah. We're also near an Alamo, which mm-hmm. is truly a, a, a treat. That is nice. Um, um, it, like, I just can't. If I could go to the movies every day, I would do it. Yeah, especially if you can sit there and get a get a nice snack and a, a soda. I oh, a Today when I was there, I also love going to movies by myself so much. Yeah. I brought it up to another person, like a friend lately, and they're like, that's sad. And I was like, I don't. It's fun. Thank you, can't you for talk caring about anyway. me. But yeah, it's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. One of them. Uh, and I finally today was like, I totally get in like, you know, in old timey movies where they're like, you go to the movies all day and you just never leave. Mm-hmm. And like people are walking in and there's already a movie playing. Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I totally get just yeah. like never leaving totally. this movie theater. Yeah. If you could just stay in and be like, I'll just pop in. Because you yeah. couldn't, like, especially back then, you couldn't just, like, turn on TV and just, like, watch whatever was on. Yeah. Or even if you could, it was like, this is bigger. Yeah, it's bigger. You get to sit in a <laughs> comfy chair. You get mm-hmm. to have snacks and food. It's quiet. It's quiet. It's Nobody's dark. yelling. You can, like, pretend mm-hmm. to be by yourself, you even though you're not. You don't have to look at your phone for a while. Yeah. <sighs> it's great. You just, like, go somewhere else into an imagination world. I love it. Oh, you know man. what I wanted to see, but it was like in and out of theaters. Is that fucking Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks? Oh yeah, it's gone. I didn't even realize that was out already. It's fucking gone. It came and went, huh? I guess it. Maybe it didn't do well. I don't know. It might not have done well, but it, he'll probably be nominated for best actor. I think, like, uh, truly, regardless of what he ever does, yeah, he's going to be nominated. He's um, uh, I did watch a terrible, scary movie this week starring CM Punk. Oh, yeah, you told me about Ugh, this. So bad. I'm sorry, but he really cannot act. Yeah, And, like, the true. one person in the entire movie who could act was murdered, like, 
right away, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like worse American Horror Story season one. No. And... Oh, Connie Britton's in this movie, too. <gasps> She's a treasure. I love her. Who does she play? Um, Another Fox Roger Ailes' wife. Oh, God. I know. I know. Oof. Also, did you watch Dirty John, the TV show? I haven't seen the show yet. Okay, well, she's in that, and she's incredible. Oh, God, I love her. And so is what's his fake, so scary, Eric Bana. Oh, my God, it's so scary. He plays the guy? Yeah. He's I incredible pictured, in it, too. I always picture John as being a little grosser than that. Oh, I he is in real life. He's like, totally gross. Yeah. He's perfect in it, though. Really? Yes, yeah, so, so, so good. Scary. So fucking good. Oh, it's too scary. You know, yeah. getting getting swindled by a con man who like lives with you is scarier than mm-hmm. than many ghosts. Oh yeah, yes for sure. Somebody like trying to steal your like life insurance. I said it <laughs> once and I'll say it again. People are scarier than ghosts. Ugh. Times a billion. Yeah, it's true. But Times space is scarier than both of them. Yeah. Both combined. Yeah. Oh, God. Definitely. It's a different kind of scary for me. Yeah. Because I'm never going to, like, you know, if I get to the point ever in my life where space is mm. out for me, like I said. You don't know it's that over. it's not. You don't know no, that it's not. But I, like I said last time, if I ever get to the place oh, where I yeah. know that space is yes. out for me, mm-hmm. I'm there's no fighting it. There's no coming back, no. No. Whereas if a man is out for me, mm-hmm. I could fight that man. I'm not just going to give true. up. That's you know true. I, I mean, based on Dirty John, sorry. Yeah. Spoilers, but you could fight that man. Yeah. For you sure. could You could really try. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the world is full of scary things. The world is? Yeah. The universe uh, is? It is 2020. How, happy 2020, everyone. Happy 2020. Honestly, only insane things are happening First so far in 2020. have been off the rails. Um, I think we need to just issue a formal... A formal request that it get back, get, get back to like, at least the crazy, at least a couple notches down for crazy. Yeah, because we didn't Bad. come from a chill place, but it's gotten real ramped up. I feel. I feel like ah fuck, it's just gonna get worse. <laughs> <laughs> the whole like year is set up to be insane. At the end of December, we were all like, "All right, time to reset. Things are gonna go." Back to normal. It's just tense because it's the holidays and the no. world feels crazy. But then it just kept escalating. Everything. Personal life stuff. World global things. Yeah. Australia. Oh, my God. So, so sorry to Australia yes. and any listeners from there. Donate if you can to uh, Red Cross and also the fire department there. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so sad. Everything. And then it's just going to get more fucked. And yeah. I'm not even putting it out there as, like, a manifestation. It's an election year. Yeah. It may be the most volatile political oh climate God. in a long time. Well, the morning after we had been talking about space, or, no. It was Did the, we cause this? No. With space? <laughs> when you acknowledge the scary space stuff, it becomes real. Did we undo one of those critical magnets oh, that's keeping God, the universe stop. in line? Can you imagine you, like, yeah. sneeze and one yeah. of the magnets, like, moves? Oh, my God. Um, no, the morning, I think, the morning after we posted our latest episode was when the, like, like, everybody woke up and was like, I guess maybe we're going to war. I know. Um, ugh, 
God. I gotta say, hot take. Sorry if I lose some listeners. Uh oh. I gotta say, I do wish people would please stop complaining about the draft because I, I, I kind of think worse things are gonna happen globally mm-hmm. that don't impact just fucking you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think being drafted is like the number one thing to get scared about right now. Wait, is there a draft happening? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been seeing a lot of like. Oh, like um, posts being like. Yeah. The draft and yeah. Stuff. And, or like, you know, just stuff like that. And I'm like, why? Of course we're just thinking of ourselves. Like, yeah. There are. So many people are going to de- like, it's just so fucked. Everything is so fucked. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we dive into ghosts. <laughs> that's why and you have to the comforting arms of a death, of a <laughs> dead bone skeleton in a coffin yeah. rolling and rattling I, around. I gotta say it like, it's so much more comforting for me to think about my own skeleton than like space or mm-hmm. war or mm-hmm. the election, or any of that stuff. Yep. If you are like us, you will, you will at least find a little bit of comfort in knowing that each of us has a skeleton inside ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I think you can know. First of all, it's kind of like an automatic friend who's always with you. Yeah. And second of all, they can't talk back, but in a way, they're the one talking always. That's true. And in a way, they're always hugging you. Also, that's actually true and they can also hug you can hug you can hug each you can other. hug yourself we're both doing it we're doing it listen it go ahead good. and hug hug yourself right that's now your skeleton saying hey bud that's your skeleton saying i support you saying ah, you're not just a brain in you space you i support you did? okay <laughs> i support insane. you if and you're, you're not brain, just a brain in I'm space a brain. yeah if you are scared about everything like us Watch a spooky. We can read do a, a spooky. Yeah, and we can do a preemptive tip to get you oh, yeah. back grounded down to the ground. Robin sent me some this week. Mm. One of my favorites that I, I think may even be on that list, but then yeah. I've been doing for a while, it's just to run your hands under ice water. Oh, that is a good one. That uh, brings you right back into the moment. Yeah. Reminds you that you're not a brain floating in space. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is uh, trying to name five things that you can hear in the moment or five things that you can see. Like I tried that one. Out, like, yeah. I've tried it. I, there was one time I tried it when I was sleeping in a pitch black room in the middle of the night when I was, like, having a panic attack. Aww. And I was like, all right, five things I can hear. Uh, my own breathing. No. Okay, that's a bad one. Moving on. Uh, silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just did not work. But, you know, it's still worth trying. I think even in that scenario, give it a go. Yeah. Or if you're a, if, if, if your brain, if thinking things Mm -hmm. makes you worse, you could get like an object Mm -hmm. that helps ground you, like, um, a ball or a stone, a stuffed animal or something you can squish, Mm -hmm. uh, something with a texture that you like. Yeah, you can um, try and describe it in extreme detail to yourself. Yeah, or literally just touch it, and mm-hmm. eventually what'll happen... Are you ready for some cool science? Yeah, tell me. You? Mm-hmm. I think I already told you this because of the seminar that I did in uh, our, our work. Oh, yeah. Your brain makes programs mm-hmm. that kind of, like, uh, catalyze different, re- like, physiological responses. Mm-hmm. So if you, like... Uh, know that when you get stressed out, you 
make like your shoulders go up to your ears with mm-hmm. tension. Every time you notice yourself do that or you or you know you're nervous, you can slowly be like, I'm giving into the tension, I'm doing it, and now mm-hmm. I'm releasing it. Ooh, okay. I'm doing it and now I'm releasing it. And eventually your brain will understand when I do this, it means release it. Oh shit. So eventually you can teach yourself this tension doesn't actually need to be there. Oh, what? Yeah, it takes a while to do it. How long does it? Because I would imagine it would you're be like different for everybody. Yeah. Basically, you're. It's uh, just like you learned how to hold a pen. Eventually, you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Same thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, you can do it with a breathing exercise. You can. There's so many different things, but the thing is, you need to do it often mm-hmm. in order to create. You know, you got to practice it in order to create the motor program. I, I might need to, I want to try this for not snoozing through my alarm. Like, I want to try it for waking up on the first alarm. Okay. I don't know if it applies. I don't know if that's a physiological, I mean, like. But, like, when I hear my first alarm go off, my first thought is I get to sleep for a few more minutes instead of I have to get up. Probably still not the same That's not thing. a motor yeah. program. Okay, you That right, I think right. is a psychological thing mm. where you're like, yes, more sleeping. All Recently, right. I've been waking up and then so stressed out I can't fall back asleep. Oh, yeah. So if, you're, if you have that problem too, one thing I've been doing is, um, oh, what have I been doing? Decorating a cake in my mind. <gasps> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. What is what do you usually go for? Symmetry. Honestly, honestly, usually I try to I I jump in and then I'm like, hang on, let me back up. What flavor is the cake? How many tiers is it? And then by the time I'm by the time I get it, I'm just gone. I'm I'm mm. back asleep. That is a really nice one. I'm like, one. what's the filling? And I'm just Ooh, I'm back yeah. asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm back asleep. Decorating a cake in your mind is That's a good one. Is a very fun thing to do. I or painting to, a birdhouse in your mind. Oh, yeah. So many fun things. I used to decorate, like, my mind palace room. Yeah. And that is how I discovered that I have a fear of uh, sleeping in a large room. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was like, why don't I like that? I made a I made my mind palace room really big, but it's not, it feels bad when I imagine hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, fear of sleeping in a room with two beds. Yeah, that one you had to find out in person, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, that, that was found yeah. out via hotels. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another good trick, imagine yourself sleeping inside of a pie. Excuse me? <laughs> it's one of my favorite fall asleep tricks. I'm trying it you tonight. You pretend that you're, the bed under you is the crust, you're like the filling tucked in, and your blanket is the crust. What the and you're fuck? Nice and warm. <laughs> you're in a pie. Okay, I'm thinking you're about that. You're filling in a pie. You're the, you're the bird in the pie. You are the bird. Four and twenty in the blackbirds pie. baked you in a to, pie. You, you're you're in there with the, the king. Four hundred and nineteen of your best of brothers, your best friends, and you're all cozy up <laughs> in there. Yeah, and you're gonna cause a terrible ruckus. And when it opens, you begin to sing. Wasn't that a tasty dish to set before the king? That's my favorite Wait, line. What What was it where that was the code tasty word? Treat? Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. <sighs> what was that? Oh my God, you're right. And we were like, what? You're right. Why that? Hang on. It was some, it had to be some bad, scary movie, right? Oh, yes. It was the, 
It was the, oh, fuck. It was the Jennifer, it was the J-Lo movie where she goes in dreams. It was the cell. The yes. cell. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So funny. Still an insane, so insane. code to have set up. It's so insane. It's too long. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king? A dainty dish. Wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king? If you're like J-Lo's colleague, how do you not just like sing like that also, like, all the time? Okay, imagine you're fucking like dream hopping, dream mm-hmm. jumping, and you hear the lyrics and your job is to be like, wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king to like bring yourself? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd go deeper into a dream. And right, if I, I was to like, say it's never gonna plunge you back into reality. No, no, that would it's be only gonna make you be like. Now go. I am asleep and I'm in a pie. Yeah, that's yes, what it does. I am the filling in the pie. Yeah, it unlocks a deeper level of sleep. Yeah, it <laughs> activates REM. Okay, if you made the cell, listener. Listener, if you're the the producer, director, mm-hmm. or DP of the cell, screenwriter of the cell, or if you're J Lo, first of all, hi, hi, um, thank you for thank listening. For but also, in. you gotta you gotta rethink it. You gotta rethink the whole thing about. Oh, yeah, just kicked a table. I'm sorry. That's okay. I think you gotta just rethink. <sighs> like, is it is it fun to? It's fun to work in the fact that it's that song. I guess. I don't even remember if that ends up coming up again later no. in the story. I don't no. think it does. No, no. Does it make sense story-wise? I don't think so. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Does it make sense business-wise for the people running this operation to have no. that be the phrase? No. It's hard for them, probably. We never, ever fucking know why 4 and 20 Blackbirds is no. involved in the movie, ever. Also, based on having to try to yell the word snooze at my robot in the morning... It's very hard to remember yeah. even one word when you're asleep. Mm-hmm. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. Any noise at all should be the code. Yeah, yeah. Just even just scream. Just yeah. scream when it's time yeah. To or just I'm thing. awake. Yeah. Hello. Say that you're yeah. awake. Anything. I'm up. I'm up. That that's usually the indicator in real life. That's how they'll know. Don't overthink it, Hollywood. No. Uh, That's Hollywood, my advice don't to be Hollywood. Cute. Don't, don't be, be cute. cute. Stop being cute. Don't be cute. Just make the word I'm up. Yeah. I'm up. All right, then, great. We've done okay, it. Okay, great. You're up. Let's take you out of there. Mm-hmm. I'm incorporating this into our movie pitches. <laughs> Rule number three. Don't get cute. <laughs> don't get cute. The movie I'm up starts with a, a woman. <laughs> I'm up. I'm up. A woman. Okay, a renegade band. Of vigilante sleep therapists who are against privatized health (laughs) care. Wow! (laughs) Go on a mission to free the population of Ohio (gasps) from sleep-related disorders. Wow. And in order to do it, they create a tiny pill called I'm Up, which you take, and then it automatically puts you to sleep for eight hours, and then you get up. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, okay, listen. I just, the knees work, the knees work. I'll admit that it's not totally flushed out. But I think that the renegade band of sleep therapists yeah. 
is at least no, a good idea. It's a good idea, but it at a certain point, it I feel like it took on a whole new. The bones are there. Thing. The bones are There's there. There's a lot of bones. The bones are there. You just the skeleton is there. You just gotta fill in the meat, <laughs> and I will with your fill five, in the meat. Chris Angel, with your five million dollar contribution. Oh my god, we I can don't make. Even talk to me about. I'm it. up the movie. Guys, one other very upsetting <laughs> thing that happened to us this week was Chris Angel's canyon oh God. jump. So dumb. Where he purportedly sped the angel mobile yep. into a jail cell suspended by a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. Long story short, listener. It's, it's, it, he didn't. He didn't. Long story short is that he didn't. It's a four and a half minute YouTube video. I implore that you to look it up. In, in uh, CGI flames. Yeah, and you have to see to believe. There is an entire the the part where the trick happens. The flames Two are seconds. full of CGI. The the, yeah. the screen is full of CGI They're flames. So visibly CGI'd. Yeah, and it happens in two seconds, and you're supposed to believe that it happened because it goes. Car, flames covering the entire screen, Chris Angel in a suspended cell just yelling, yeah! Yeah! Before you can even think about, wait, did he actually do that? Video ends. Yeah, it, I mean, he didn't. He didn't do it. We know he didn't. He didn't do it. Johnny Christopher was, or no, Christos wasn't there. Johnny Christopher is his other child. Yeah, yeah. What's his other brother's name? Christos. Christos, and then what's the other one? There's only two. Sons. No, 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 no. Christo. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm thinking of Costas. Oh, no. His, Chris's brother. Costas yeah. and whatever the other guy is. Those guys are usually on the scene watching yeah. the trick. I don't even think they showed up. I don't think that they did either. I also, I got to say one thing is that I would not want to be suspended in a jail cell with a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. I wouldn't either, but I That's, also don't believe that he did that. no. If so, that's a trick in itself, as in just a risk. Yeah, that's just a thing that, Congratulations like, Congratulations on star, a stupid risk, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's about it. If you're a star, like, sure, you can. You've got the money, I guess, to get guess. the best helicopter driver in, I guess. in America. I guess. But why risk it? Don't risk it. Listener, that sound is me fishing two sugar babies out of the box. Yum. I just had my first one two days ago, and it turns out they're just sugar. They're just pure sugar. That's all they're made of. Mm-hmm. Do you want one? I'm okay. I okay. had two earlier. Oh boy, I've two had a lot. Lo- they are. I think you also like them because they look like baked beans. They do. And what are baked beans? The candy. Oh my god, Boston baked beans. Yeah, the candy. What are they? I don't know. I've never they, had those either. They might be like just this, but like red candy coating on them. Yeah, I think that's true. They very well might. Be. I'm pretty sure it is. They do look like beans. They also just look like lumps of hard sugar, which they are. Brown sugar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yum. That's what they, that's what it is. Mm. Shout out to Sugar Babies and other uh, old candy. For example, Mary Jane, something I love. What are those? I don't know. They what? taste like malt or some kind of a nut nougat. Malt. All together. Yeah. I love old flavors. Rum raisin, give me it. Mm. Wait, what do you mean just old flavors? Old flavors. You know, back in the old times, before they knew, other flavors could happen, like rum raisin and something like malt. Just malt. Just malt? Isn't that just like malted um, milk balls? Malt is its own flavor. But doesn't it just taste like a malted milk ball, kind of? Yeah. It's got that, like, dry, drywall mm, taste. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love it. I, I love that. I do like a malted milk ball. 
I love malted milk balls. I like them. I, I like just a old flavor. <laughs> I'm gonna look up more old flavors really fast. While you do that, do you want to hear? I about do. I some really things? do. I really do. So I don't have a ghost today, but I thought I would try and balance out the space stuff by telling us about some nice, fun things. Oh my God! Yes, thank so, you. I also did that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Great. I wonder if we did the same thing. Um, I'm going to tell you about a few, the origins of a few different, um, things that people think are lucky or superstitious. Oh, cool. I love that. So the first one is opening an umbrella inside. Yeah. Everybody everybody knows that one, right? Insider and psychiclibrary.com. Oh my God. So yeah, don't open an umbrella inside. Um, Did you not know that one? Oh no, no, no. I know it, but I'm going to tell you the origins of some of them. Oh no, I was just wondering. Did you not know that one, or you no, didn't know that one? I didn't know the origins of it. Oh. Yeah. It's cool. Cool. Um, historians tentatively trace it back to ancient Egypt. Um, the, the superstitions being that Pharaoh's sunshades, uh, like, there was something about sunshades not supposed to be used indoors, I believe. Uh, okay. Or, like, opened up indoors. Um, wow. So it was truly just a sun umbrella. I guess so, but that is like a, a minority belief. I guess the bigger one uh, is traced back to Victorian England, okay, um, and the unfurling of umbrellas. Um, mm. There is a scientist and author named Charles Panati who wrote okay. in 18th century London when metal spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become a common rainy day sight. Their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them veritable hazards to open indoors. A rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly in a small room could seriously injure an adult or child or shatter a a frangible object. Okay. Even a minor accident could provoke unpleasant words or a minor quarrel, themselves strokes of bad luck. Um, Thus, the superstition arose as a deterrent to opening an umbrella indoors. Honestly, I feel like the superstition is like, around that um okay it's contingent on that umbrellas just got invented and yeah. people don't really know yet how how much space is going to take up yeah. when you open it right because i it doesn't seem like there's any evidence of people being like don't open a parasol indoors it's more like don't open specifically an umbrella yeah inside it's yeah. dangerous it will hurt you yeah and like a spring like it's a spring locked mechanism yeah 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 that makes sense i feel like a lot of victorian mechanisms yeah would kill kill a child for mm, sure mm-hmm. okay walking under a ladder sure yeah this one this really one i does go back far and i i i do i do prescribe you, you must keep this one yeah you have to i will it goes back five thousand years to ancient egypt a ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle egyptians oh, no. regarded it as sacred for example the pyramids Triangles represent the trinity of the gods, and to pass through a triangle was to desecrate them. Oh, no. And this later on ended up translating to Christianity. Um, It was, uh, let's see. Okay, because a ladder had rested against the crucifix, like, you know, where Jesus was nailed to. Sure, that that specific one. (laughs) That one, that one ladder. Mm. It became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal, and death. But I've also heard that the three points on it were Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and you're not supposed to walk through it because you're disrupting it. 
You know, I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on the ladder with the cross because, like... Right? I, and nobody's ever like, oh, yeah, I guess there was a ladder There's there. no fucking way that it was leaning against it. And also, even if somebody used one, mm-hmm. they it's didn't, not like, the leave fault. it there. Yeah. They didn't curse all ladders. No. Um, this makes a little more sense. People also say... In the 1600s, criminals were forced to walk under a ladder on their way to the gallows. That I could see. That's scary. Yeah. Being like, I don't want to do that. Right. I might be tempting fate a little by Mm -hmm. walking under this ladder like all the dead people do. Yeah, like they do. Um, Ooh, I don't like that one. Yeah, no. it's That one is scary. Um, A broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck. Oh, no. Um, I have broken two mirrors in the last one year. So I hope it's not true. Yeah. Um, In ancient Greece, it was common for people to consult mirror seers who told their fortunes by analyzing their reflections. Uh, The historian Milton Goldsmith explained in his book, Signs, Omens, and Superstitions, quote, divination was performed by means of water and a looking glass. This was called catoptromancy. The mirror was dipped into the water, and a sick person was asked to look into the glass. If his image appeared distorted, he was going to die. If it was clear, he was going to live. Oh, no. In the first century AD, Romans added a caveat to the superstition. At that time, it was believed that people's health changed every seven years in a cycle. A distorted image resulting from a broken mirror meant seven years of bad health and misfortune rather Mm. than outright death. No. Yeah. Bad, you know, there's this, that seven year thing about your cells turning over. So I've heard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's true, right? I don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way we'll know. Is some science person? Somebody tell said us. it. Somebody write to us. Yeah. Um, crossing your fingers. Some theories indicate that the origin of crossing your fingers dates as far back as the 14th century. In the pre-Christian era, crosses symbolized power and unity, and the middle of the cross represented all that was good. People made wishes on the midpoint of the cross to ward off evil. Um, The tradition uh, evolved into crossing fingers between two people. Mm. One person would make a wish. The other would help solidify the wish by putting his finger, index finger onto the other person's index finger, making the sign of the cross. This later evolved into a single gesture, and a person would cross his own two fingers for good luck or someone else's. Also, before Christianity was legalized, making the sign of the cross to another person was used as a sign between two Christians to identify each other, not unlike uh, secret frat handshakes of today. Um, cool, they may I also guess. Use, yeah, yeah, like, what's up? It's cool until it destroyed every other thing. Yeah. When it was still secret and taboo. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, yeah, 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 it was cool when it was underground. Yeah. Um, okay, tossing spilled salt over your shoulder. I do that always. Mm-hmm. You got I to. do it just in case I accidentally, if I'm using salt, mm-hmm. there's no way to know if a grain went loose. Well, that's true. So yeah. I just do it in case. <laughs> just set one free. Yeah. Um, spilling salt has been considered unlucky for thousands of years. Yeah. Around 3500 BC, the ancient Sumerians first took to nullifying the bad luck of spilled salt by throwing a pinch of it over their left shoulders. That ritual spread to the Egyptians, Assyrians, and later the Greeks. Mm-hmm. The superstition ultimately reflects how much people prized salt as a seasoning. The, et- the etymology of the word salary um, being the same as salt shows how valuable it was. Um, the Roman writer Petronius in the Satyricon originated not worth his salt. Um, 
to describe Roman soldiers who were given special allowances for salt rations. Mm. Um, Salarium was salt money, the origins of the word salary. Um, I also read that this could be because Judas is depicted in The Last Supper as spilling salt. So um, that's Like the painting? Option. Yeah, in the painting. Yeah, but that's got to... That's just All a this stuff has to predate yeah. the fucking Last Supper. It definitely does. I think that if anything, it in, it it you know helped decide for the painter to be like, you know what he's going to yeah, do? He's, he's going to spill, gonna spill some, salt. some salt. We're not going to show him cl- taking care of it. Hey, Zach. Yo. Hi. Zach's here. Zach's here, everyone. Uh, that's fucking salt spiller. I know. I mean, he is spilling Why salt. Why do you feel like salt was salaried? Why do you feel like salt was so, was it because it was how you preserve things? Probably preserve things and before cleansing, like before, um, like there were spice trade routes. Probably one of the only like reliable, delicious spices. You may need it to ferment, also. Yeah. So maybe leavening That's true. bread. That's true. Yeah, very necessary for a lot of baking. I don't know. It's um, is the salt of life. Salt is the salt of life. The salt of life. The salt of the earth. Salt is the salt of life. I also don't know what salt life. of the earth means. That's not what that means. Salt is the salt of life. Yeah. Uh, oh, and people believe that good spirits exist on the right hand and the devil is on the left hand. Like left in Latin means sinister. Um, so when you throw it, you got to throw it uh, with our right hand over your left shoulder to keep the devil off your back. There's so much salt on my floor. Yeah. I do Your it cat. just because I watched. Don't look it up. Oh man, that's why he's so bloated. <laughs> uh, I just do it because I watched my mom and my grandma and my aunts do it my entire life. So I was like, it's part of cooking. Well, now you know it's to keep the, the evil away. Oh, I I did know it was to keep the evil away, but I thought that part of me thought that when you cook, you're more vulnerable. <laughs> Maybe you're sweating. Yeah, well, a lot of the time, not all the time. Mm. All right, knocking on wood to prevent disappointment. Do that too. Let's do it. Um, there we go. Is this real? It's gotta nah, be. I think it's like particle board. This is. Yeah. No, it's no, not. it's drywall. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> the frame of this is. Um, historians say that uh, it might be one of the most prevalent ones in the U.S., but its origin is unclear. Um, some people, some people uh, attribute uh, it to touching a crucifix when taking an oath. Zach just delivered us drinks. <laughs> That's oh, can, crazy. Can you, grab, can you grab one for Zach? <laughs> I don't need one if I don't need one if if you only want to walk over doing? here one time. I only can walk one time. So yeah, yeah that's, only walk that's one reasonable. More. That's reasonable. Scotch, ship juice. I'll have a little tiny bit of ship juice. Okay, I almost finished it with Robins, but uh, maybe I'll I have anything that's open. Maybe I could. I'll pour. have the tin, the tin cup juice. I'll have anything that's open. Uh, Listener, you're hearing Zach struggle (laughs) with only handing Robin a drink and now me demanding to get him a drink. Demanding that. Yeah, yeah. He get me also a drink. I don't need one. Ah, fuck. It's it's, it's happening. We're talking about (laughs) Fucking Christ. Good job. Yeah, that was good. And then, but there's Thanks, more Zach. other types if you want, but that's the last of the ship juice. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Ship juice also refers to. It's alcohol. A decanter <laughs> that I that I got them that has it's a ship inside ship of it. It's a ship in a globe, you guys. It's a glass globe with a glass Ooh. ship in it. Ah, oh, fuck. It's good ship juice. That's good ship yeah. juice. Yeah, I definitely don't need any more of it's the ship's tears of the ship juice. It's plenty, plenty um, juice for me. 
Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so knocking on wood. Oh, people, uh, peasants in Europe used to believe that knocking loudly would keep evil spirits away. Mm. And uh, it could also stem from ancient pagan cultures' beliefs that spirits and gods resided in trees. Cool. All right. I know that a lot of, uh, like, old, like, there was that whole idea of spirits living in the walls a lot, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, get out of there, you. Yeah, get out. Like, scram. Get out of here, you. Scaring away. Get out of here, you. Yeah. Scaring away stray cats, kind of. Scram. Gotta make a loud noise. Fun to think of spirits the same as cats. Um, blessing a sneeze. In many countries, it's polite to respond to another person's sneeze by saying, God bless you. Sure. Though incantations of good luck have accompanied sneezes across disparate cultures for thousands of years. Mm. Uh, that particular one began in the 6th century AD by the order of Pope Gregory the Great. A terrible pestilence was spreading through Italy at the time, the first symptom of which was severe chronic sneezing, and that was often quickly followed by death. No. Pope Gregory urged the healthy to pray for the sick and ordered that lighthearted responses to to sneezes such as, may you enjoy good health, be replaced by the more urgent, God bless you. Mm. If a person sneezed when alone, the Pope recommended they say a prayer for themselves (laughs) in the form of, God help me. I I love that so much. God help me. Just a a wonderful man being like, but Pope, what if I'm alone? Yeah, and then being like, "Mm, Mm, good question. I suppose you have to save your own life. Yeah. And plead with the Lord above to please (laughs) God fucking help me. Um, Uh, I'm doing that. Next time I sneeze, I'm going to fucking blood curdling scream. God God help me. me. And no one in my apartment building of so many people will probably react at all. Uh, They'll probably know. They probably also do it when they're alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, hanging a horseshoe on your door open end up for good luck. Uh, the horseshoe is considered to be a good luck charm in many cultures. Belief in its magical powers traced back to the Greeks, who thought the element of iron had the ability to ward off evil. Hmm. Um, horseshoes were made of iron, but they also took the shape of the crescent moon, um, in 4th century, in 4th century Greek, uh, which was a symbol of fertility and good fortune. Love it. The belief in the talismanic powers of horseshoes passed from the Greeks to the Romans and from them to the Christians. In the British Isles in the Middle Ages, when fear of witchcraft was rampant, people attached horseshoes open and <laughs> Sorry. up to the sides of their houses and the, doors. A really dumb thought. What? Go, go on, I'll tell you after. People thought witches were afraid of horses and would shy away from any reminders of them. Wait, wow, that's what? so stupid. That's so stupid to think that a witch isn't best friends with a horse. A witch would not be scared of a horse. Horses are one of the witchiest animals out there. Right? I was thinking about how people still, like, wear charms, horseshoes, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, time is so, is so short. Thinking of, like, <laughs> the Romans. Like, like the evolution yeah, of that like, belief. fucking, like, American Eagle still sells a shitty Being, like, wear your brass, like, silver-painted horseshoe necklace. And I'm like, that's yeah. a, the fucking ancient Romans are the reason that you're selling this. Right, right. Why don't they sell, like, a cute, like, why doesn't Madewell sell a Plague Doctor mask, you know? Right. But it's so wild to think about that, that, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. horseshoes, it's because of the Romans. It's because of them prizing iron, really, and thinking that it would make you feel All the horse girls out there need to know what they're representing. 
horse girls, I think, know that iron is is valuable. I don't think they know how hard they're inviting fertility into yeah. their lives. Also, time is short. Time is short, everyone. Time is short. Anytime you see a symbol, just remember. Time is short. Time is short. Mm-hmm. Pennies are lucky. This one, I believe, is true. Probably. But I also believe an insane opposite thing of this, which I'll tell you after. Oh, God. Yeah. In ancient societies, people believed that certain metals, including copper, were gifts from the gods meant to protect humanity. Therefore, coins such as pennies had lucky properties. Um, but the same societies also believed that there was an ever-present battle between good and evil forces. So heads-up pennies <laughs> came to be associated with luck, with the reverse being unlucky. Okay, that's what I believe. Oh, but okay. here's my thing. If I see a heads-up penny, mm-hmm. seeing it is, like, I, if I can touch it and get it, yeah, that's, that's, even, the, that's the even better. That's the ultimate. If I see it, that's just its own boon, but it's not as good. I think that's right. If I see a tails penny. Bad luck? Fuck, yeah. Bad oh, luck. Yeah. If I pick it. up a penny in its tails, that's a death sentence. That's seven lifetimes of bad luck. Like, something bad's yeah. coming. It could be anything. It's probably oh, a small bad. Pennies are. I like, like to think of the trip at the end of the block. The currency reflects the badness, so it's yeah. just a penny. <laughs> if you pick up a face down silver dollar, it's fucking oh my over. god, yeah, gold coin. Even mm-hmm. a quarter, you just can't risk. No, you don't want to risk that. No. Um, four-leaf clover is being lucky. Yeah. The odds of finding one are purportedly 1 in 10,000, although my mom like seems to find them. them all the time. Yeah, yeah they're not... I don't know. Um, but as the legend goes, when Eve learned she was expelled from paradise, she stole a four-leaf clover. Um, uh, yeah, she took a four-leaf clover with her in order to never forget the Garden of Eden, and so because of that, there's symbolic of luck and prosperity somehow, even though... She was she getting banished. was getting banished, from her and home. I don't think things got much better for her after that. Wow, um, that's a real fucking buzzkill. I think it makes more sense for them to be lucky because they're rare. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say it has nothing to do with Eve. Yeah, just I never feel like the it. Irish have believed that for longer. Well, I don't know if it predates it, but. I do I think know. that this might be. You know, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I think they're just rare. I will say I know that, like, the shamrock was mm. repurposed as a Holy Trinity kind of symbol. That is weird. And I think that probably this same thing happened where they're like, you know what this could be is that Eve mm-hmm. knew about a, a phony. It's got a woman's touch. I think it's just like a, you know, Christianity superimposed on something that was already fun to yeah. begin with. They do that all the time. It's Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just part Every of it. Every holiday. They love it. Um, okay, wishing on falling stars. Oh, I saw one of these the other day. Did you? Yeah. Did it make you nervous? It was green. <gasps> I've seen those before. They scare me a lot. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's happening. It was uh, not recently, actually. Around March of last year when I was f- driving back from Vermont because I got the flu immediately mm, yeah. upon arriving at my vacation. Mm-hmm. I, I was like I, fully in the flux of flu. Yeah. And uh, in a flu flux, if you in will. flu flux. And I saw a green, like, you know, shooting star, yeah. dying star. And I was just like, that's an alien. Oh, I think you told me about this. Because weren't you, yeah. like, laying down in the car? I basically was like, I'm either hallucinating yeah, or I, I just like, saw an extraterrestrial. <laughs> Luckily, my mom also saw it. And then we looked it up. But it is scary. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw I saw a big one during a meteor shower once, a big green one that mm. like lasted for a second too long, and I was like, no. It is always a little bit longer than I thought. Yeah, because I'm like, there's the, the initial like, <gasps> and then like two beats too long. Yeah, and you're and it's like, like uh oh, that existed for okay? a little bit longer. Ugh, it makes me so scared, especially yeah. now that I know all that about space. Space is, ugh, I'm against space. <laughs> Anti space. That's my own I run. No space That's allowed campaign. in this house. No space talk allowed no, in this house. No, no, no. Um, this is the last thing I'll say about space. Yeah. Ptolemy theorized that the presence of shooting stars meant the gods were peering down from the sky and open to granting our wishes. According to him, the gods had to open up the space that divides the earth sky from the divine sphere in order to watch over humanity. Shooting stars were wont to slip through the great divide, so if you saw one blazing through the night sky, you knew the gods were watching and listening to you. Wow. Yeah. And that's uh, that's some just little guys. I like them. Yeah. I really you. like them. Wow, thanks. That makes you feel good. Yeah, I I like knowing you know you know it, not to <laughs> dispel any of the um cool superstitions, but it, I think it's good to know the like kind of funny origins of them. Yeah. Uh, my mom's family had like a mean superstition. Which is that if you put on your underwear backwards, you got to wear it that way all day or else you'll get bad luck. I, I guess that's only really bad depending on what time of the day you first have to pee. What are you talking about? Like if you get dressed in the morning, you put on your underwear, get fully dressed. Like what if you don't have to pee until like 2 p.m.? What does this have to do with peeing? What are you talking about? Because you're not going to see your underwear is inside out for a few hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Backwards. Oh, okay. So you would know right away. Yeah. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. Backwards. So it's uncomfortable. It is. That would be uncomfortable. It's not a comfortable underwear. No. Uh, Don't force yourself to do that. Yeah. Every time that my mom, since my mom told me, and I'm like, dumb. But then when I do it, I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) No. Am I tempting it? Am I, is it, should I just leave it? Like part of my brain is like, what should I do? Yeah. Luckily, every time I've been like, why are you thinking that? (laughs) Just so correct. I try and avoid too many like ritual, like superstitious rituals, because I feel like if I lean too heavily into them, mm-hmm. then I'll it will transform into a very OCD thing for me. I borderline was like that as mm-hmm. a little girl. Yeah. I think I told you I had to leave my house, and uh, I'd be like, "Good, like bye, I love you," mm-hmm. and because the last letter of you is you, mm-hmm. and it's too close to the end of the alphabet. Sure. I would say the letter A, and then the number four, because it's my favorite. Wow. So I'd just be like, bye, I love you, A4, like Battleship. <gasps> wow. Yep. Wait, like a recording, yeah. like, call also letter. Also, exactly like Battleship. Wow. And, yeah, I would do that every single day. Well, for like years. that's a great example of something that I feel like can very easily take over your whole life. Also, yeah, the reasoning of it being like, well, you know, that saying like, I can't even, I can't even tell you why I thought uh-huh. saying a letter at yeah. the end of the alphabet was bad before you left the house. No, but it I is can't that even tell you like wanting to like, like say the same like goodbye, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Wanting to, like, do the same thing in a pattern to avoid, like, yeah. question mark? Everybody dying, I guess? I, I do feel like something that's permeated my life is that, like, 
and that, you know, I'm just telling y'all listeners, I should probably be in therapy more, uh, is the, the idea that things I'm doing will impact something later that I can't even mm-hmm. anticipate. So now it's got to the point where sometimes I'll get in the car, like, and my dad drive me back to New York, and I'll just yeah. be like, please drive safely. And if I don't say it, yeah. or I say it when we're on the highway, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, fuck. I it directly impacted, it butterfly affected itself. I don't even know what this means mm-hmm. for myself later. Yep. So many things like that. And also because my mom growing up, so many superstitions. Oh, I can't even imagine. All of her like weird Italian ones, having yeah. a bird in the house, having a cat around a baby. Yeah. All of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, putting, uh, putting shoes on a table is another one. Oh, well that's just gross. But new shoes too. Like shoes in a shoe box. Yeah. Wait, or what on is a bed. The bird in the house supposed to do? Is it bad luck. To, oh, it's bad luck. Your mom had bad birds luck. though. Um, yeah. So we got my grandma a bird for her birthday, mm-hmm. and then three days later, she did have a heart attack. No, she lived, but the bird. My mom's sisters made her take the bird, and that's why we had the bird. I will say. And then we got the bird a friend. Yeah, so I, there was two. more than one bird, and also, I mean, you know, I I lived my whole life in a house with birds. I know. Yeah. Oh boy! I know to cage a bird Uh-oh. in a home. Uh oh! I like that one though because it's fair, like our bird wasn't caged at the end. Yeah, that's true. But it still was bad free. Luck. It was bad free. luck for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like I I do think a lot of superstition is like not understanding correlation. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that really strongly. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially anybody probably that was like you know, wrongfully made to believe as a child in some kind of religious thing yeah. without really uh, consenting to learn about it. Well, I feel like it just plants a seed of being like, well, I like, you know, I do this thing because like, it, and when you are raised religious, I feel like there's one big reason, which is like, because it's what yeah. you're supposed to do in the church. I even think that ideas like Santa mm-hmm. are kind of fucked up for kids, because it's like, if you're good, mm-hmm. or if you're, you know, he sees everything, yeah. like, the idea of accounting for your actions all year long in order for a reward, like, something you can't anticipate have, it's so fucked. That's kind of And just- that's why I hate Santa. No, I, I don't care about Santa. <laughs> But I do think it's kind of related in a way. That's true. I was also going to say that's kind of just like what work is. I mean, no, consequences are real. Like, I understand. No, no, no. But like being like I'm held accountable with the hope of a big reward at the end of the year. I think this is personal because we both know that this doesn't happen for us (laughs) at work ever. I think it's just us. Someday it's going to happen. Being like, boy, oh boy, if I try hard enough. I'll finally get something. And then, you know, it just doesn't. I'm going to get a new car. Our superstition is that our worth is valued, but it just never <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a fun the superstition for almost all, all women in yeah. America and oh across the world. Uh, do you want to hear about something fun from me? Yes, I would love okay. to. This one I think you're really going to like. Okay. Um. I'm going to talk about the Nazca lines. Ooh. Oh. Do you know about this? No, but I mean, I I have seen a photo of them before, but I am imagining that they have to do with your favorite thing. Only maybe kind of. I don't really know. Really? Okay. I don't really, really know. 
Um, and you know what? Nobody really knows. What? Which is why I like this so much. It's not even spooky scary. It's more like just history. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of scary in the way that it was discovered. Uh-oh. Like, if I put myself in the... Sh- you'll see. Okay. The Nazca Lines are a group of... I'm just reading the Wikipedia and, like, some stuff that I uh, found on a, in a National Geographic book. Uh, are a group of very large geoglyphs, which mm. is a word I didn't know existed, which is very fun. Uh, formed by depressions in shallow incisions made in the soil of the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. Cool. They were created between 500 B.C. and 580. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, they don't really know. Hi, maybe. Hello. <laughs> She's she like, you're talking she about us. I really like that she likes this spot. She likes to walk. Just relax, beep. Like a little couch gargoyle. Oh, I love her. Most lines run straight across the landscape, but there are also figurative designs of animals and plants. Ooh. Yeah, so some of them are just like line, line, yeah. line. Some of them are forms. Mm. Uh, made up of lines. The individual figurative geoglyphs designs, uh, they measure between 0.4 and 1.1 kilometers, about 0.2 to 0.7 miles okay. across. Do you hear thunder? That, I think, is our neighbors watching a, a movie really loud. War lads. It might be war lads. Yeah. Because it does sound like war. Cool for them. The combined length of all the lines is over, get this, 1,300 kilometers 808 miles. <gasps> and the not plus those things, this is me telling you that's the miles for the miles. Yeah, yeah. And the group cover of an area of about 500 square kilometers, about 19 square miles. Okay. The lines are typically 10 to 15 inches deep. That's, yeah. They that's were made by deep. removing the top layer of reddish-brown iron oxide-coated pebbles to reveal a yellow-gray subsoil. The width of the lines varies considerably, but over half or slightly over one-third meter, just over a foot wide. Mm-hmm. In some places, they may be only a foot wide, and in others, they reach six feet wide. So it really depends. I want to show you, just so that you know what these look like, mm-hmm. aerial photographs of some. Keep in mind, oh, I'll tell you. Okay. Keep in mind that until, like, these, when these were made, nobody saw them from an aerial point of view. Right. It was only when we could see these that people could see what they looked like. Oh my God. They're so cool. Wait, that spider one is so cool. Yeah. (gasps) A flower, a monkey. Mm -hmm. Okay, that monkey one is the fucking best. There's like hands. That's so cool. And they look, there's a giant... There's a whale, like, oh and they, they look exactly like these things. How many are there? They're, they're still like discovering them. ones? Wow. Yeah. So, basically, I, I was floored when I found out about this because the idea that this lasted this long is, like, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Nazca lines form shapes that are best seen from the air. Though they're visible from the surrounding foothills and other high places... But not, not, not all of them, and a lot of them, they're like, that's something, but you don't know what it is. Okay. Um, the shapes are usually made from one continuous line. That's cool. Yeah. The largest ones are about 1,200 feet long. Because of its isolation in the dry, windless, stable okay. climate of the plateau, 
the lines have mostly been preserved naturally. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Extremely rare changes in weather may temporarily alter the general designs. Mm -hmm. And as of 2012, the lines have been deteriorating a little bit because of squatters (gasps) inhabiting the lands. I know. Fuck you guys. Yeah. The figures vary in complexity. Hundreds are simple lines and geometric shapes. Love it. More than 70 are zoomorphic designs of animals such as a hummingbird, spider, fish, llama, jaguar, <laughs> monkey, lizard, dog, and a human. Cool. And a giant. Other shapes include trees and flowers. Scholars differ in interpreting the purpose of the designs, but in general, they ascribe maybe religious significance to them. Mm-hmm. Also, UNESCO World Heritage Site as of 94. It should be. So, basically, the first published mention of the Nazca lines was by Pedro um, Cieza de Leon in his book of 1553, so so fucking far after 500. And he mistook them all for trail markers. Oh, you dummy. I mean, it's 1500s. That's what I would have thought, too. In 1586, Louise Monzon reported having seen ancient ruins in Peru, including the remains of, quote-unquote, roads. Although the lines were partially visible from the nearby hills... My computer's overheating, I think. Yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, The first to report them were Peruvian military and civilian pilots. Oh, well, yeah, that makes total sense. So in 1927, the Peruvian archaeologist Turibio Mejia... This is the last name I can't pronounce. X-E-S-S-P-E. Zespi? Zespi, maybe. Spotted them while he was hiking through the foothills. He discussed them at a conference in Lima. And Paul Kosick, of course an American historian, is getting credit for like basically discovering these, even though yeah. three Peruvian people already did. He's credited as the first scholar, but not really, to study the Nazca lines at length. In Peru, in the 40s, he went to study ancient irrigation systems. He flew over the lines, realized one was shaped as a bird, which is like, like, can you imagine? Just being like, what the fuck is that? Um, Another chance observation helped him see how lines converged at the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. He began to study how the lines might have been created as well as to try to determine their purpose. Mm -hmm. He was joined by our archaeologists uh, Richard P. Scheidel from the U.S. and Maria Reich, a uh, Reiki, Reiki, a German mathematician and archaeologist from Lima, to help determine the purpose of the Nazca lines. They proposed one of the earliest reasons for them to be markers on the horizon to show where the sun and other celestial bodies rose on mm. significant dates. That's really cool. It's really cool. It's the biggest fucking sundial in the world. Yeah. Oh my God. Archaeologists, historians, and mathematicians have all tried to, de- to determine the purpose of the lines. But like, you know. Giant sundial. Just theories. Yeah. Determining how they were made has been easier. Um, scholars have theorized the Nazca people could have used simple, like, surveying equipment mm-hmm. to construct the lines. It's still... An amazing undertaking, though. Yeah. Uh, and idea to have. Archaeological surveys have found wooden stakes in the ground at the end of some lines, which they've carbon dated, and that's helped to, like, mm-hmm. establish the age of them. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> this does refute the hypothesis of Eric von Donegan that the lines had been created by ancient astronauts. Okay, Eric. Which, I'm sorry, I'm just going to really quick command-click this. 
to discover what the fuck Does ancient... Does he look is. like you would expect him to? Ancient astronauts refer to the pseudoscientific idea that intel- intelligent extraterrestrial beings visited Earth and made contact with humans in antiquity and prehistoric times. So this is like the same thing that they... The Easter Island heads of pyramids, yeah. all of these things is ancient astronauts. Oh, sure. They had no. quite a time. They, had, they really went to town on us. Yeah. But prominent skeptic Joe Nickel has re- reproduced the figures using tools and technology available to the Nazca people. It took him, like, basically him and a team within a couple days to make one. Oh, great. Yeah. So... so- it wouldn't take extraterrestrials. It, it, it wasn't the ancient astronauts. Interesting. Yeah. Prove it. Um, it's very fun. It's very fun that, that this was refuted. As much as I like the idea of aliens coming down and drawing a bird on Earth for no reason, yeah. it would make it's more sense that they didn't do that. It's almost cooler for it to just be people being of like, let's draw a giant fucking of bird. Of course. So much cooler. I do have to say, though, I still don't get stoned. No, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting off topic. We may never know. Most of the lines are formed on the ground by a shallow trench with a depth of 15 centimeters, like I said. Um, Reddish-brown iron oxide-coated pebbles are removed. When this gravel is removed, the light-colored clay earth is exposed in the bottom of the trench, and it produces lines and contrasts um, sharply in color and tone with the surrounding land surface. Mm. This sublayer contains high amounts of lime. Oh, okay. Which, sure. with the morning mist, hardens to form a protective layer that shields the lines from winds, oh, preventing erosion. That's so cool. There's no way they could have known. They that like they could have perceived that this was happening. Yeah. But and like done it because of that. Right. But there's no way they could have been like it's like lime. It'll be preserved forever. Yeah. Wow. It's so cool. That's so cool and very funny to think about them being like, let's draw a monkey. It'll be fun. And then being like, yes, it's there forever. Yes. The Nazca drew several hundred simple but huge curvilinear animals and human figures by this technique. In total, the earthwork project is huge and complex. The area encompassing the lines is nearly 170 square miles. The largest figures can span nearly... Like I said, 1,200 feet. Mm. Some figures have been measured. The hummingbird is nine, it's 305 feet long. Wow. The, the condor, which is, I'll, I'll get into the, into the birds after this. Um, the condor, now I've lost it, is 440 feet. Jeez. The monkey is 305 feet by 109 feet. The spider is 154 feet. Um, it's so fun. And this is one of the driest places on earth. It basically is 77 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. That sounds... Which is great. I mean, I get it why people are squatting there. The lack of wind has also helped kept kept the lines completely uncovered and visible. Two other small figures were discovered in 2011 Mm -hmm. by a Japanese team from Yamagata University. One of these resembles a human head and is from, uh, you know, the early period of Nazca culture or even earlier. And the other is an animal, but they don't know what. Um, in June of this, oh, sorry, last oh, year. Wow. Uh, an article in the Smithsonian describes recent work by a multidisciplinary team who identified or re-identified some of the birds depicted. They know that the birds are the most depicted animals in the geoglyphs. And believe that some of the bird images that previous researchers assumed to be indigenous species species are actually exotic non-desert birds. Really? Yes. 
They speculated that, quote, the reason exotic birds were depicted in the geoglyphs instead of indigenous birds is closely related to the purpose of the etching process. Okay. Wait, I, like... They don't know why, though. Yeah. And I don't either. Or how they would have known. Uh, The discovery of 143 new (gasps) geoglyphs was announced in last year, 2019. so many. Yeah. Um... So fucking cool. Um, so, so drones used by archaeologists revealed many of these in the Palpa province um, that are being like assigned to this cultural time, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So let's just get into the purpose a little bit. Anthropologists, ethnologists, archaeologists have studied the ancient Nazca culture to try to determine the purpose of the lines and figures. One idea is that they created them to be seen by deities in the sky. That makes sense, yeah. Sure. Because nobody, I mean, they knew that nobody was going to be able to see them aerially. Yeah, I mean, one theory that was proposed relates to astronomy and cosmology, um, as has been common in other cultures that the lines were intended to act as a kind of observatory Mm -hmm. to point to the places on the distant horizon where the sun and other, you know, celestial bodies rose or set in the solstices. Mm -hmm. Many prehistoric indigenous cultures in the Americas and elsewhere constructed earthworks that combined such an astronomical sighting with their religious cosmology. I mean, the Mississippian culture at Cahokia? I don't know what that is. Oh, Cuyahoga? Yeah. um, No. It's it's spelled, maybe it's pronounced that way. But it's spelled C-A-H-O-K-I-A. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. And Stonehenge. Yeah. Other folks, uh, experts in archaeoastronomy, don't know cool, what that is, cool but it's fusion. ancient astronomy, I guess, uh, concluded in 1990 that the evidence was insufficient to, su- to support that. Um, but, like, that's just your opinion, guys. So Maria, from before, asserted that some of all the figures represented constellations. But a protege of hers and senior astronomer at the Adler Planetarium in Chicago had concluded that the animal figures were representations of heavenly shapes. That's Which is fun. According to the New York Times, she contends that they are not shapes of constellations, but of what might be called counter-constellations. The irregularly shaped dark patches within the twinkly expanses <gasps> of the Milky Way. In a lot of ways, I'm still talking about that. space I right now. I know I was going to say, sorry, um, we are talking yeah. about space. <laughs> but it's in the fun stars yeah, I way. I like that. That's cool. Um, so, you know, you yeah, know there's, know. there's people who don't believe that either. Um, basically, some people think that they're tracks to connect irrigation and field division. Um, some that are like axes connecting mounds and like that kind of stuff and then linked to like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a map of the land and sky. Archaeologists in uh, 1985 demonstrated that worship of mountains and other water sources predominated in Nazca religion and economy from ancient to recent times. He theorized that the lines are figures and figures were part of religious practices involving the worship of deities associated with the available uh, water, which directly related to the success and productivity of crops. He interpreted, here we go, the lines as 
sacred pathways. Hell yeah. Leading to places where those these deities could be worse. So they are ley lines. They're Pretty be, much. They gotta be ley lines. They gotta be. They gotta There's a, I mean, like I said, there are some other theories I'll get into really quickly. Other theories were that the geometric lines could indicate water flow or irrigation schemes to be part of a ritual to summon water. Oh, that's cool. Um, Maybe fertility symbols. Also theorize that the lines could act as a calendar of some kind. I love that as well. Yeah. Um, Basically, there was an assertion that the giant spider figure is an anamorphic diagram of the constellation Orion also was suggested that three of the straight lines leading to the figure were used to track the changing declinations of the three stars of Orion's belt. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, You know, a lot of people also theorized early on that the Nazca lines could not have been made without some form of flight to observe the figures properly. Hmm. I, again, don't think that's true. I think they could have done them pretty accurately. It's just it's so crazy to me that they never got to see them. I know. What um, planning. Or, I mean, we think they never did. Yeah. Uh, he suggests, so Jim Woodman thought this might be true. Based on his study of available technology, he suggested a hot air balloon was the only possible means of flight at the time of construction. I can't. No. I can't. No. No. To test this hypothesis... Woodman made a hot air balloon using materials and techniques he understood to have been available to the Nazca people. The we, balloon flew we, after a fashion, but we I mean, have known if they were flying around in hot air balloons. It's just like a weird ad hoc reason. Like it's yeah. just no. There's no balloon evidence. No, there's zero evidence of a balloon having no. been there. No, it's we fine. To, like fucking. Excavate a hot air balloon and yeah, maybe I'll give this... Show me a drawing of somebody riding in an old hot air balloon. Yeah. So anyway, guys, I, I, we'll post some of these, but they're so fucking they're really cool. They're really cool. They're not spooky or scary. They're just cool. They're really cool and there are so many of them. There's so oh many. God. They're very fun. I love them. If yeah. you could carve one pictograph, pictograph or symbol into the earth, what would it be? Hang loose. Oh, wow. Fuck. That's so chill. It's incredibly Thank you. chill. Thank you. How about you? Um, hmm. Probably 420. Yeah. <laughs> Just but they can't be next to each other. They need to be on opposite poles. Like, oh, yeah. Your 420, if you tunneled down into the earth and came out the other side, needs to erupt into the middle of my hang loose. Yeah, they should they should mirror each other in the same way that yes. what was the um the theory of the two like twin particles mirroring each other on antimatter and matter. Oh, no. oh fuck. The like mirror, mirror quantum. Particles. Fuck. Entanglement. Yeah, they're quantumly entangled. And twins. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. one four twenty happens on one side of the earth. A hang loose happens on the other side. Definitely. Wherever there's a 420, you know there's bound to be a hang loose and vice versa. Oh, not far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What would you say your tip would be after all we've talked about today? 
what would my tip? <sighs> We've laid down some really good ideas so far. Yeah. It's hard to just say one, actually. Well, I would say, first of all, don't even think about space. It's too scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would also say, if you're having trouble sleeping, picture yourself as the filling in a pie. Yeah. And that was a good tip early on in the pod. Yeah. And also yours of uh, decorating a cake in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Try them out. That's a really good tip. Um, I guess my tip would be. Hmm. Don't set up camp in an ancient astronomical design. Just, it's rude. There are other places. Try to avoid it. Yeah. As best you can. And I'd also say, uh, just as like a, an addendum to what I was saying about anxiety, mm-hmm. probably every small action you take on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. doesn't cause yeah. destruction. If Try you, not to think that way. Yeah. Like your unwillingness to say, or like if, if you forget to say drive safely, mm-hmm. I don't think okay. it directly causes something bad to happen. No. I, I would be You shocked. can say I love you, and then you don't have to say the letter A and your favorite number because, as it turns out, the letter U is nice and fine. It's, it's a good one. It's, it's nice, nice and, and fine. Mm-hmm. It, it looks resonance. like a horseshoe, which the Romans love. It's good luck, actually. Yes. Yep. In a lot of ways, it's good luck. Yeah, I would say if you feel trapped by your own superstitious rituals, mm-hmm. try and find ways to... Uh, Unpack why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, there's a lot there about, well, mm-hmm. no, I guess in the end it kind of pushes you towards the idea of this. So, no. Uh, just try not to, uh, try to question your superstitions and see if you could free yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. we'll all end up knocking on wood forever all the time. I do. I mean, I do. I do. It's bad. It's not great, but no. it's not the worst one. There's not. There's at least not a weird uh, reason behind that one that I can. See. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Well, all right, guys. Will you please email us? Yeah. Uh, that's spiritpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, that's spiritpodcast.com is our website. Yeah. You can follow us at spiritpod on Twitter and that's mm-hmm. spiritpodcast on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. We would oh, love you sure to- would. Get an email from you. Yeah. See a picture of yours. Ghost. And stuff. See a picture of ghost. If you got a picture of ghost, please, you actually do have to send it to you us. Actually, you actually are legally obligated to send it to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you know about a ghost, you cannot say anything. No, that's one of that's the second rule of movies. That's illegal. Once you know about a ghost, you cannot say anything. The yeah. third rule is nothing cute. Don't be cute. Nothing cute, okay? Don't be cute. Nothing cute. No. Don't be cute. No, we're not stupid. Don't be and cute. And with that... We love you. We love you, and we'll see you in hell. Bye. Goodbye.